I've been working on rough drafts again this week. I mean, that's nothing new if you're a writer. Like, you are always kind of working on a rough draft, or you're editing a draft, or you're putting something out and it comes back and you're hoping that you can fix it. But it's always interesting to me when I work on rough drafts. Yeah, it's interesting because as much as I want to be better, you know, and and by better, I mean better than the garbage that rotates out there with the idea of everything must be perfect and at what level is your writing and yada, yada, yada. I mean, all the constant voices that contribute to the inner self-doubt of every writer in existence. I'm not. And as much as I want to be better than that, I'm not. I still feel it. Example, I'm working on a rough draft of a short story this week. And it was earlier in the week. And oh my God, I'm just forcing myself to write it. Because I want to go back and fix it. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to go back and fix a draft, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But there, there's the reality that for a writer, the hardest part of a writer's existence is, is being called to make something out of nothing. That is the hardest part of writing anything, is to create something from nothing. It is far easier to then make something better from something you've already put on the page. Think about that for a minute. Like, starting from nothing is a bear. But once you have something, and you can go back and fix it all day, and it becomes a lot easier. You have something to look at, something to work with, something to tweak. It's no longer a blank page. It's no longer an empty space, a void, a vacuum that you have to find a way to fill. Think about that for a minute. Right? Now, now I talk to not just writers, but to lots of people, and, and something that's broken my heart over the years as I get older is, is this constant press to be perfect, right? Like there is this constant push to be amazing and to celebrate our amazingness in a public forum, in the public square, so that we can all be seen for the truly great, brilliant, amazing artists that we are. So I want to tell you something, really honest, and and this applies to whether you're a writer or a painter or a creative of any kind or just a human being, right? You ready for it? I don't care what the endeavor is. Your rough draft sucks. It does. Your rough draft sucks. Rough drafts are just that. They're not meant to be brilliant. They're meant to suck. They're a starting point. They're a starting point, guys. Think about that. Rough drafts are the starting point by which a story or a novel or a poem or whatever eventually gets built. It is the first steps. I don't know any of you that when you were infants got up and sprinted across the room like Usain Bolt. Hell, getting three steps together was probably a miracle for most of you. And I don't know any of you that launched any endeavor that started out amazingly. And maybe, maybe you lucked into success at the beginning, but then you got reminded that you weren't perfect really shortly thereafter it. That's it. That's, that's just the way it is. You have to work to get better. You have to start somewhere. And starting from suck is somewhere. But now there's this whole mentality of like, well, it's your zero draft. It's not really your start. It's not really this. It's that. It's the other. Let's edit the series of events so we feel better. Stop. It's your first draft. And first drafts usually suck. And that's okay. 
You know, I, I, I think back when I talk about this to when I was a younger writer and yeah, like I'm about to have the older, the, the not quite old man, but aging man moment where I go, you know, back 21 years ago when I was a writer, but I'm going there 21 years ago when there was no social media and cell phones were available. We didn't use them a ton. You didn't live on the damn thing. It was expensive. Um, we used to like writers used to congregate in places. I mean, fuck everyone used to congregate in places. And I remember congregating in a coffee shop, Coffee Zone, the, right, the most auspicious name ever, Coffee Zone, of which I have the most wonderful memories, in Columbia, Missouri, on Ninth Street, right? And I would just sit in Coffee Zone, which had a, yeah, you could smoke in Coffee Zone, there was constantly Arabic music playing, like, it was like traveling to a different world. And that's where me and the writers I knew hung out and tried to figure our shit out. And openly, vulnerably admitted to each other that we were working on something and we were frustrated with it because at the time it kind of sucked. Because there was no other way to gain validation, right? This was 1999, 2000. There was no other validation. You theoretically could do a blog, but those were all remarkably obscure back then. They were. There was nothing for immediate validation. Maybe an open mic that was held every once in a blue moon. It just wasn't there. And it was frustrating, and it was hard, and it hurt. But the beauty of that was that we were all able to light a cigarette, drink a cup of coffee, and admit to ourselves what we were working on sucked. And everyone came together, and everyone went, well, it's probably not as bad as you think. Let's take a look. Let's think through this. Let's talk story. Let's do this stuff. It was amazing. I, I genuinely miss it. Because I don't see it as much in the era of social media. And maybe it's because I don't love social media, so I don't engage with it a whole lot. That's that's hugely possible. But I just don't see it. Social media to me, and, and if you have a different experience, by all means, let me know what I'm missing. But, you know, for me, social media is a damn parade of, of achievements and, and self-celebration that, that borders on gratuitously masturbatory. Um. And that's not to say that there's not a place for you to celebrate your achievements and your accomplishments, but damn it, when we so focus on the end, when we're so focused on being the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, or doing this, or having a best-selling novel, or having this or that or the other, we don't write from a place of honesty. We don't work from a place of honesty. We work to attain a thingy, and however we get the thingy is fine, right? If you just want me to complete the Boston Marathon, to cross the finish line at the Boston Marathon. I can do it without running 26 miles. Now, you can tell me that that's not the way I was supposed to do it, but it doesn't matter. You didn't tell me the marathon itself mattered. You just told me running across the finish line mattered. So if I start 100 yards down the road and run across the finish line, I did that, and I can now chime on that. But we understand with the marathon for people who run marathons, the achievement is in running the marathon. It's in every step to every mile. For writers, when you talk to other writers, the achievement is not, ooh, I won the award. The achievement is not, ooh, I did the thing. Because there's a whole bunch of writers that will release one book or will put out one poem one time, win one award, do one thing, and then drop. Because you have to do the next thing. And then the next thing. And then the next thing. And then the next thing. And for a lot of those people, and I've known a couple of them in my day, that was the achievement, right? I knew this a lot when I was in theater. When I was in theater, I've met not, not a ton of them, but I've met the occasional playwright whose goal is just production. Once they get a production, no matter how small or minuscule that is, they've won. 
and they'll parade the production around for a while, and then they'll move on. And in some really weird, bizarre cases, the achievement's so important that the playwright I know doesn't write particularly good work. They don't. They write a rough draft, they never edit it, and then they throw it up on stage with a production they flit the bill for, so they go, it was produced, and like a staged reading thing, and it's overly dramatic, and it's it's clearly there for the for the achievement feeling. Great. I, like, I don't care. If that's what gets that dude off, then be my guest. That's not my problem. My problem is when younger writers and younger people and other people start thinking, oh my God, my first draft sucks. I'm never going to be. This guy just tranks out a brilliant first draft and it goes up and that's it. I thought about how to communicate this idea of rough drafts with an audience because like this, this is my opportunity to kind of bring myself out there for the people that listen to me and tell y'all this is what I'm thinking. And there are a lot of ways to discuss rough drafts. And there are a lot of writers who've done it way better than I ever will. So I decided I was going to try something different. Right? Let me give you an example of rough drafts sucking and, and just embracing that and moving forward. Because you have no choice, right? Some of my earliest memories as a human being, or being told I was a disappointment, are of consciously knowing I was a rough genetic draft to the people that were supposed to love me most in the world. Yeah, I, I made no mistake about my, my childhood and the, and the physical and psychological abuse that happened during it. Guys, that's a rough draft. And I say that because at numerous times in my life, based on psychology and trauma, there were times when I came close to throwing the entire fucking project away because the rough draft wasn't good. Because I compared my rough draft to other people's finished drafts and said, well, fuck. My rough draft sucks. Matt is a garbage rough draft. You know, Bill, Joe, Sally, Susie, whoever, they look great. They're doing great. I have gaps in my teeth, my lower teeth are too big, my upper teeth are too small. Lost my hair in my 20s, like, you know, two divorces, like, shit, man, as we keep revising the draft, it's not even getting better. And it's tempting. It became tempting consistently to try to just throw the whole project away. But you can't build something on nothing. Over years, with the help of therapy, by the way, so go seek that out, too. Find the help you need. But with that help, I was able to build something better, something different. I was able to create the draft that I wanted. And is it perfect? No, but I fucking love it. And I don't particularly care what you think about it. That's the thing, man. You can't write anything for everybody in the world. You can't paint anything for everybody in the world. You're never going to do anything that everybody's going to like. Shit, even the things that are super popular have people that hate them. You, you can't win. Not if that's the game. But you can make something you love and you can build it off of something flawed. And I know that was really personal. Like that brought up suicide and all kinds of other shit. But let me give you another example. So I, I reference Tycho Charleston a lot. I'm learning to play Tycho. Japanese drumming. It's, it's wonderful. I love it. It's, it's my, the highlight of my week some days. 
And I'll tell you right now, I've been doing this a couple years, and there are days when I, and even now, even now after a couple years, after a few pieces that I have in my memory that my body has in muscle memory, like it was amazing coming back to drumming after a long absence during the pandemic and starting a piece and my body's like, oh yeah, we got this. And my mind's going, I have no idea what we're doing. No clue where we're going, but we're playing it. Like I'm there. So I'm, I, I would say I'm intermediate still studying intermediate, low-level intermediate, maybe. I don't know. I don't worry about quantifying that shit most of the time. Point is, even now, working on a piece with them, when we start working on new sections of the piece, my hand doesn't quite want to hit, I don't quite understand, I miss something, I add a beat, I miss a beat, I count off, something goes wrong here, something goes wrong there. I never produce the first brilliant draft. I never grab the piece of music and go, ha, here we go. And I did it. I did it perfectly. I didn't miss a note. I didn't miss a beat. Everything was wonderful. I'm awesome. Never happens. I'm willing to gamble that it doesn't even happen for for the senseis of the class. Like, like Tracy in Virginia probably never happens. They probably also have to work stuff up. And point of fact, we watch it. You're in class. You you watch. Like, oh, okay, well, that, that went a different way. That was, I, I love it. Tracy introduced me to the concept the, the Japanese don't say wrong. They say it was something different. Uh, and I like that. I've started applying that. You should apply that logic, right? It's something different. It's not necessarily wrong. It's just also not exactly the thing we were aiming for. So it's it's something different. Could be better, but, but you know, it's fine. It is what it is. And now let's get back to the thing we were trying to do instead of the something different. Um, but yeah, because of people like Virginia and Tracy and Billy and Ellen and Dorotea and Regina, and, and I mean, I could go on with a long list of names. We work, we start learning, we work things together. And then yesterday, cause I'm recording this on a Sunday. So yesterday on a Saturday, we all came together to play what we know of this piece, Uneri, together. And it was amazing. Holy shit, it was incredible. I'm not kidding, man. When it was going, it was like, whoa, my body was in alignment. Everything was cool. It was good. I guarantee you it was not perfect. Somebody, everybody probably there slipped something for a minute. If you really talk to them, everybody had a moment where they went, oh, God. But it sounded great. Now, think about that for a minute. If I never pick up a bocce, if I never try to take a swing at the drum and hit it, if I never do that, not one time, I'm never going to get to that place where it all sounds great and awesome. If I don't let it sound weird and different, I won't get to the place where it sounds good. If I don't write my rough draft that's driving me nuts, that makes me go, oh, why am I putting this piece of crap to paper why am I visiting this abomination upon humanity? Then I don't have anything to go back to and go, okay, well, now hang on a minute. This is something different from what I wanted. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. But let's take a look and guide through it and figure it out. If I give up on life because it didn't roll the way I wanted it to, or because I listened to a celebrity or a politician or some other person whose entire living, by the way, is based on telling me that what I do sucks, and if I listen to them, I'll do better, right? I don't care who they are. 
right? Every person out there selling you something is trying to tell you their way is better. It's part of why, I, I mean, I'm still not comfortable with the idea of taking donations to keep this podcast going. I just pay for it out of pocket because there's something that I like about that level of purity. I, I, at some point, I'll probably have to figure out a way to make it make at least enough money to self-sustain. But right now, I just don't worry about it. I can figure it out. But... Like it, it has to be like the, the when when the politician says, "Well, if you don't go to work and you don't do this and you don't do that, right?" That's him saying, "I know better than you. Do the thing I said." When the life coach tells you, "No, no, no, you're wrong. You got to do it by my method and pay thirty five thousand dollars for my seminar, and I'll get you there." No, that's that's the same thing. Here's the harsh reality: you are a rough draft, constantly being worked on. True facts, you'll probably never be perfect. Just like every story ever written will never be perfect. It just gets to a point where you go, okay, I really have to stop and get this thing published. Right? Like, I mean, like, look, look, I'm a Star Wars fan, and George Lucas proved this a ton when he was, like, going back and tweaking the original movies because he found new shit to do. Nothing's ever done. It's never done. Nothing is ever done. We just give up on it and move on. So remember that. You're building, you're working, you're, you're producing things. Your rough draft's going to suck. Awesome, write it. Hey, here's a challenge. Let's do this different. Write the suckiest rough draft you can think of. Like that. Try that one for, take that for a spin, right? I'm going to write the worst rough draft ever. And see what you can build out of it. Stop thinking about the achievement. Stop thinking about the end, right? You're never going to get there. You know, you're never going to get there if all you do is think about the end. If all you do is go one day Fortune 500 CEO, Fortune 500 CEO. If all I do, if all I do going in on Saturdays is go, okay, one day I'm going to be the greatest Tyco player ever. I'm going to be the greatest Tyco player ever. I'm going to be the greatest Tyco player ever. And I focus on that end goal instead of what I'm doing in the present moment. I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to be the greatest Tyco player ever. Now, I still may not doing the day-to-day work, but I have a better chance focusing on what I'm doing, doing the work, and taking the steps day by day than I do by trying to picture the end result and falling in love with that and spending my time balancing against an impossible standard. So your rough draft sucks. Good. Now fix it. Life was rough. Good. It is for everybody. Anybody who tells you it wasn't is generally lying. Everybody had something somewhere. Then take a minute, get the help you need, and move forward. Right? It, it just is, man. Things are hard. Stuff sucks. It, it, it just is. It doesn't mean everything is, but it does mean some stuff is, and you just have to deal with it. Stop reframing it. I swear to God, I was absolutely irate this past week when someone presented me the idea, well, it's not your first draft, it's your zero draft. I was like, throw that completely out of your head. Stop this. I haven't started the process yet. This is before I start the process. No, no, no. You put pen to paper on a story, you started the process. Right? That started when you did pre-writing. That started when you came up with the idea for the story. Stop this zero draft because it makes me feel better. Knock it off. They all suck. Embrace the suck. Understand that your draft sucks. Understand that the first time you try to play Tycho, you're probably not going to be brilliant at it. The first time you play basketball, you're not going to be brilliant at it. If you ever listen to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar talk, the first time he played basketball, he sucked at it. 
he still holds the record for all-time leading scorer in the NBA. So, you know, good job. Apparently, he got better. Deluding yourself into believing you're perfect uh, is just a path to depression, man. It is. I did it. I, I, that anything I tell you is based on stuff I did. Like, deluding yourself into believing you're amazing and special and, and unique and brilliant. Falling in love with this image of yourself you create is a great way to hurt yourself. Just be you. Yeah, you're going to have parts some people like. You're going to have parts some people don't. But you're going to be happier in the end. And the truth is, even if you create a bullshit fake persona, you're going to have parts people don't like. So there you go. Just do it. Just run it. Let it go. If you're thinking about a story right now and you haven't put it to paper, sit down, write the rough draft, accept that it's probably not going to be great, and you're going to fix it. It's okay. Just start. Just get started somewhere. Get started. Put paint to canvas. Play a few notes of music. Put a few words on the page and work from there. Do that. You're not going to build a castle out of, like, you know, sitting there dreaming about the thing getting built. You're going to have to lay a brick down. Something's going to have to get put down, right? That's it. Masterpieces have to be started. And I know it seems asinine to go over this topic to some people, but to me, like, this is a real thing. We're so in love with being amazing that we forgot that everybody starts somewhere and it's usually not at amazing. And so let me clarify, the ironic part is that's the really amazing thing about it. You started somewhere that wasn't amazing and then made something great out of that start. That's what's really impressive. If you just come to me and say, <laughs> right, think about it. We did, That's how we idolize people, right? If you come to me and tell me you had a bunch of money growing up, it's not nearly as impressive as if you didn't and made a bunch of money. So accept everything starts from somewhere and just take the first step. It's going to be fine, I promise. I'm doing it, and these rough drafts I've been working on suck. But bear in mind, I'm also my harshest critic. But that is definitely a topic for another day. And until that day comes, everybody, I'm Matt Hampton, just another working writer, another wanderer who's not quite lost but still doesn't exactly know where the hell he's going, another voice of the resistance, and this has been my confession. I'll talk to you next time.